0: Looks like we're not all here yet. <laughs> well, we're still coming in. Maybe we better have another in-gathering song here while the rest of us come in. Let's sing, uh, let's sing I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new man. I love to sing that song. I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new man. Old things are passed away, I've been born again, a conqueror—that's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Let's pray, <clears throat> Father. We thank you for these this beautiful gathering of youth. We pray, Father, that you would have liberty and have your way. And just instill in a deeper way in their heart the order of the relationships that you have established, Father, where there's safety that will bring glory to your name. We pray today that you would be with us. Fill in where we lack, Father, because we lack. I don't know all the situations. I can't figure them out. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be the interpreter of how to translate into everyday life, the principles of your word that we would be faithful for our situation. We pray that it bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Still coming. Maybe we better have another gathering hymn. <clears throat> um. Uh, The subject for today is to consider our relationship with our church and our peers, and I also want to back up and cover a little bit more about the relationship that you have with each other as siblings at home. I have a chart here that I'm going to be referring to. Today, what I'd like to do is just study this chart. I would like for this, I hope you can see it enough to understand what I'm trying to, the points I'm trying to make. But I trust from this chart, from this little study, that you can just gain some insights on how you should relate to your siblings. And how you should relate to your pastor and your church and your peers, other families that have children your age, how you relate with them. Much of that, the foundation of that, will come off of this chart. And so the first thing that I want you to know is that I didn't make this chart. I'm going to tell you who did. God did. I want you to know that. Because of that, it's a good chart to study. There's safety. There's direction from God in studying this chart. So I want to begin just by looking here. The first thing that you can see at this chart is that there's God and there's the devil. God is good. You can see it in his name. That's kind of the way you spell it. God is good. Down here is the devil. He is evil. You can see it in his name. It's how you spell it. So we have good and evil, and we have an established order here, and there is a battle between good and evil. God has established an order. I've written it down as man, woman, children, and then there's animals and trees in his creation. But in God's established order, there is safety, There is protection. There is guidance in these relationships. The devil is in direct opposition to God's order. He wants to mess this thing up however he can, and his motive is to take away all safety from you and to destroy you And to deceive you. That is his motive. We see in this chart that God made man. From man, God made woman. God made woman from man. You can see it in her name. It's there. It's of God. God used man and woman to create children. That is God's order. Below that, the scriptures tell us that God has put all things under his feet. God established it that man can do what he wants to with animals and trees, and they can't do anything about it. If he wants to cut a tree down, down comes the tree. God put all things under his feet. But this order that God created is sacred. <clears throat> God ordained man to give protection and guidance to the woman. That's of God. God did that. Now the devil is down here always wanting to mess this up. Just keep that in mind as we go through. God ordained the man and the woman together to give protection and and guidance to children. That is of God. Here he is again, wanting to mess all of that up. He gave the man and the woman the responsibility to direct the child, but he put the responsibility upon the man. The man carries that responsibility. Boys, I want you to get a hold of that. It lands on you. Eli, in the Bible, had evil sons. They were very wicked. Those wicked boys had a mother. God never blamed that mother. She carried some of the reason, possibly, but the blame always lands where the responsibility is. God reprimanded Eli. Because he carried the responsibility. I want you to know in this established order that when God established authority, he he established what I would call a targeted authority. He didn't just put all men in charge of all women. When, When a man becomes a husband and a woman becomes a wife, that man is in authority over that woman. I I have no authority over your mother. It's a targeted thing. God wants us to concentrate on this thing. When God created pastors, you know, where do pastors fit in this thing? I was looking at this and I thought, you know, well, a pastor is a man, so it's going to have to be up here somewhere. And really, it should be just a little bit, I would say, even above that. Let's just write in pastors right here, but let's do it a little off to the side. Because that's not what God created in the garden. But pastors and brothers meetings, that is up here and it's it's above man just a little bit. God established it that way. But again, pastors, they don't have authority over all men. They just have authority over the ones in their church family, their local family. It's a targeted thing. When a man and a woman have children... They are in charge of those children. I don't carry the responsibility of how you children turn out. That is the responsibility of your father. And that is why I wanted to mention your father in each one of these meetings. It shows up everywhere because it is of God. There's something in the scriptures that tells me how much emphasis God puts on a man. And it's because there are two kinds of people in the Bible that God is extremely jealous over. I mean, he, he looks out for them like everything. He is jealous over them. And in fact, if any of us happen to mistreat those two kinds of people, we're going to get it from God big time. Does anybody know who those two kinds of people are? The fatherless and the widows. Thank you, brother. I mean, God said, I will plead their cause. God said in the the holy habitation where I dwell, I'm going to be a father to the fatherless. And who are those two people? It's this person here and this person here when they don't have this person. That's what it is. It's the fatherless and the widows. God puts extreme responsibility here. May that that tell you how to relate to your siblings. May that teach you something, how to prepare your heart for marriage, men and girls, how to support this responsibility to the children. It is blessed by God greatly. I know that there are lots of situations that come up in your life. It's easy to look at this chart and just say, that won't work for me. The reason you would say that is because of your situation. That's the reason. But I want you to know that this thing is of God. And this devil down here, evil, is just trying to figure out a way that he can mess this thing up. That's his whole goal and purpose. He spent time on this thing. And this devil knew that he couldn't just come up here and just deceive this fella, and then he'd have all these. Well, no, he didn't do that. He started at the bottom. He looked for a tree. What did he find? He found the tree of knowledge of good and evil, forbidden fruit. There were other trees in the garden he could have picked What's another tree in the garden that the scripture tells us of? The tree of life. You know what? The tree of life was not forbidden fruit. They could have eaten of the tree of life and lived forever. I seriously believe if they hadn't disobeyed and ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, eventually, sooner or later, they would have eaten of the tree of life and lived forever. The devil could have brought Eve to the tree of life and lived forever He didn't want her to live. He wanted to slay her. He wanted to mess her up. He wanted to mess up this whole order. And so he chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What did he do next? He went here. Next he went here. He chose a serpent. He chose an animal. He chose a beast. And he impersonated himself in that beast... And then he went here. Exactly backwards of how God ordained this thing. And I still say if there had been youth in the Garden of Eden, he'd have gone here. (laughs) That's just what he would have done. And then he would have taken it one step further, but they weren't there. So he went right to the woman. What did the woman do? Well, she went right to the man. Do you see what the devil has in mind? Exactly the opposite of what God has in mind. And when you put this at the top, and you start here, and you go down, and you put this above this, what that does is it puts God right at the bottom. And it puts the devil right at the top. That's just what he said he would do. I will be like the Most High. And it all shows up right here, and anything the devil can do to mess up this order ordained of God, he's going to do it. If he can take you and he can put you up here so that you think you know more than your father, or if he can take your mother and put her up here with a controlling spirit, whoa, he'll do it. If he can take one of these and put them up here at this, whoa, he loves that. That doesn't work. This is not God's order. Now, I don't know how to apply all of this to all of your situations. I just want you to know God's heart. I want to encourage you to put faith. When you can't see the end from the beginning, I want you to put faith in God's word and God's order and pray earnestly and put faith in what works. This doesn't work. This takes away safety. This brings confusion down here. This brings deception. This brings destruction. This, bring, this brought the fall of man. It brought the whole thing. Now, as youth, you are here. You are here, boys and girls, not man here and woman here, but boys and girls both right here. I want you to know this is your practice ground. You are practicing, boys, you are practicing to be here. Girls, you are practicing to be here. That should tell you something about how you need to relate to each other as brothers and sisters. Boys, you need to take care of your sisters. You need to be kind to them and pray for them. Well, that's good practice for up here. Now, I know, you're going to be children. You're going to romp and play and run, and and that's good. But I'm talking about, you know, the, the driving force in your heart by God. You need to have some concern for these girls. Uh, this thing about teasing girls and teasing boys and, and the whole teasing game, it's not part of this order. You're on practicing ground. You're, pre- you're preparing yourself for the future. And girls, you need to be practicing to respect your brothers this is, how, this is how God meant it to come. You know, it's interesting to me. God, when he wrote his word, when he sent it down to man, who did he write it to? He wrote it to the men. The context of the scriptures is written to the men, brethren. When God wanted to not have these two eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he told Adam. He didn't tell Eve. This is the way God works. This is part of his plan. And I hope we can get a hold of this and create faith in it. God told Adam, don't eat of that tree. Adam told Eve not to eat of that tree. That's how she got the information. But men, we need to take a stand because Adam was with her when she ate. And he spoke not. Let's practice down here. Not to be bossy. Don't just practice on your girls, be- sisters being an authority. That makes you bossy. That's going to be a real pain. But, uh, amen, girls, you can say amen. <laughs> 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 but, but there's a mentality here that's of God. And, and girls, you're practicing to be in your place. You're practicing for different roles. <clears throat> Boys, when you are practicing down here to be an authority, I want you to learn something very important that many people miss. They see this position as in authority. That is half right. Half right is all wrong. If you ever took a true and false test in school, you know, I was always told if any part of the statement is false, then it's all false. We want truth. You need down here to practice being under authority. When you get married and you move up to here, you're under authority. You're just adding in authority to it. You're not just in authority, you are Under authority. I want to tell you something that impresses me. I tell you, there was a man in the Bible that Jesus met. Jesus met a lot of people. He saw a lot of people. He observed a lot of people, and he observed a lot of their faith. And Jesus condemned some people, and there are some people that he blessed And there is one man that Jesus blessed, in my mind, more possibly than any other man. At least he paid him one tremendous compliment, and he wasn't even a Jew. This is what Jesus said. He said, I haven't seen that much faith in all of Israel. Well, that's a compliment. Do you know what the compliment came from? That was the man who understood how to be under authority and in. Both. There's faithfulness in it, I believe. Fact is, when this man spoke to Jesus, he didn't even tell Jesus that he was in authority. If he emphasized one or the other, which one did he emphasize? He came to Jesus and he said, I am a man under authority. That's what he told Jesus. But he was in authority big time. That wasn't his emphasis. Jesus said, there's a faithful man. He understands that, and that man knew how to apply it to the Lord Jesus. So may God give us that grace. Okay, let's see here. Girls, your practicing ground is to be under authority. When you move up to here, you're still under authority. This affects how you relate to each other. You know, if you have younger brothers and sisters, and I said earlier, you need to be children, you need to run and play, but you know when your mother says, supper's ready. And... uh, boys your sister says hey let's finish the game I mean supper can wait you say no mother said supper's ready and you lay your ping pong paddle down and you go up to supper that puts a message in your sister I don't care if she's older you than younger than you girls you can do that with your sister and do that in a thousand different applications in your home Do you kind of get it It starts to make this thing a training ground that is going to make this relationship beautiful. And this relationship, beautiful. So how do boys relate to boys down here? And girls relate to girls. You always encourage being under authority. But as we said earlier, you know, how boys, how you treat your mother is how you'll treat your wife. And girls, how you treat your father is how you'll treat your husband. There's truth in that, but there's also truth in this. How you treat and relate to each other in the home as brothers and sisters is how you will relate in the church to your brothers and sisters in the family of God. And so I just want to challenge you, what kind of church would you have if everybody in the church related to each other like you relate to your brothers and sisters at home? This is the practice ground. This is where we learn how. This is where it comes natural later on by the Holy Spirit of God. Goodness, where did the time go? <laughs> so how do you relate to your peers? <coughs> where are your peers? I would say your peers were about right here on this chain where you are. This is right in peers right here. And by your mother, yo, know, this could be sister's day. This is right here. These are not authority. These are fellowship. They are fellowship, but they're not authority. Does that make sense? And so if you have a question, if you have a problem, girls, if you're not sure what to do, that is an authority question. You go here. That's where you go. Many people, when I was a German Baptist, I had, I had somebody tell me, I had a concern for my children and, and my son was having a struggle with me. And I had a brother tell me, Dale, it is perfectly normal for a child to receive more influence from their peers than from their father. Calm down. That's normal. And so I left. I didn't want to be normal. <laughs> and I'll tell you what happened. My son left home. Because he got it Here. And God has marvelously repaired that relationship. I marvel. I can't even hardly comprehend it. I just rejoice when I think about it. But that's where we were. And the devil was just down here trying to mess that thing up. And it's not God's way. May God reveal to us. What I like is when... The man and the woman, the father and the mother teach the child, and it lands on fertile soil. Then you go to church on Sunday, and the pastor gets up or one of the brothers in the church, and he preaches, and he says the same thing that dad taught that child. The child hears it again from a different capacity. So he's got, he got a double whammer. And then, then you're with your children after church, and they say, well, that's what my dad teaches me, too. That's what I think, too. Well, that just strengthens. I just think that's so beautiful. But if this child gets one message from dad, mother doesn't amen it, he gets another message from mother, the pastor preaches a little different thing, and their peers think, yeah, it's all ridiculous. Let's just come up with our own conclusions. Here he is. He's just down here as busy as he can be. He's a busy bee. And he's working hard on all these situations. I just want this little chart to just establish safety and protection and guidance. Everything over here is deception and destruction. It is. And our situations confuse us. They do. And I just want to encourage you, get help for your situation. Situations need help. Maybe your dad needs help. Maybe you need help. Maybe you think, no, it's my dad that needs help, but maybe it's you too. Maybe there's a way to work through this to bring it back to God's order. God wants us to put faith in his order. God had a message for the church at Ephesus. It was so important that if Ephesus didn't get the message, God was going to remove their candlestick out of its place. And so God said, I'm going to, you repent or else. But who did he send the message to? He didn't send the message to the Ephesians. He didn't send the message to the seven churches of Asia. He sent it to a lonesome old man as an exile out on an island. Why does God do that? And so he told John, he said, John, write this down. This is important. Why didn't he send it to the Ephesians? He sent it to John, so John wrote it down, and he sent it. Now you're in the hands of a mailman. Now you're in the hands of a ship. That thing could sink. A message so important that the Ephesians, if they don't get it, they lose their place in the kingdom. That's big stuff. Here it goes. Through the sea. And then he didn't send it to the Ephesians. He sent it to the angel or the messenger or the pastor. And so the pastor stands up and reads this letter from John. And I can just hear the people in that congregation, I can just hear the children. <laughs> Who's John? Who's this John? I want to hear from God. I mean, that's just a common statement that's all over. Who is this John? I'll tell you who this John is. He's God. John isn't, but I mean the message that came. God does that. God uses human flesh to transfer his message to people. Is your heart open to receive it this way? It affects tremendously how you relate to each other, to your parents, and we got to close. God bless you. I just want this to be an encouragement and lay a foundation in your heart This is God's way. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this time. We pray that you would bless it. We pray that you would bless these youth, God, in their situations. Oh, God, have mercy. Bring help. Bring victory. Answer their prayers. Encourage their heart. Don't let them be confused. Give them strength and faith to purpose in their heart to follow your leading, to seek out safety, to seek out direction, that the kingdom of God would prosper and be strong, that our churches would be strong, that our homes would be strong. Increase our faith, O God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry I'm over time. God bless you.